0: We pray this finds you having a wonderful day in the Lord, and we look forward to getting in to this passage of Scripture. Uh, we're going to be looking at two passages. Um, we're going to be looking at the same story, but the one passage in Matthew and the one passage in Mark, uh, because I think that um, there's a few little intricacies that uh, are very important to point out, and what we're going to be looking at today is the story of the man with the withered hand. And um, I think it's a uh, beautiful picture of the care and compassion that Jesus has for us. Um, So we'll pick up in Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 9, if you have your Bibles and want to uh, turn there. Um, You can also go ahead and flip over to the book of Mark chapter 3, and we'll go over there in just a few minutes Um, to be able to look at some things concerning um, that passage as well. But in um, verse 9, we're going to pick up with the statement, moving on from there, he entered their synagogue. Now, I want to read the beginning of chapter 12, because I think the context is important to be able to play into um, this passage. So at the beginning of chapter 12, it says, At that time, Jesus passed through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick and eat some heads of grain. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, See, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, Haven't you read what David did when he and those who were with him were hungry? How they entered the house of God and they ate the bread of the presence? which is not lawful for him or for those with him to eat, but only for the priest? Or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath day, the priests in the temple violate the Sabbath and are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you knew or if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now, the reason that's important to read in context of what we're getting ready to do is that, as you can maybe figure out, Jesus is getting ready to heal this man with the withered hand on the Sabbath. And so the Pharisees have already um, picked out uh, Jesus and his disciples for uh, committing this, uh, in their eyes, sin by eating the heads of grain um, on the Sabbath. And they kind of fire off at him. And Jesus responds very clearly that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. What he's also doing is he's making sure to help them to understand that they are so hung up on the law that really they are misinterpreting it. They are mishandling it. And what Jesus is wanting to show them is this is so much bigger than them. This is so much bigger than the law. He is so much bigger than what they understand. And so he's laying this out for them. And he has very clearly articulated that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, picking back up on verse 9, moving on from there. So moving on from this situation where he has already talked about um, the Sabbath and he's already talked about um, them and their misunderstanding and mishandling of the law, he enters the synagogue. There, he saw a man who had a shriveled hand. And in order to accuse him, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Now, there's a couple things that I think are so important here. I think it's disgraceful on the part of the Pharisees To find a man who is lame, who is ill, and try to use that man as a weapon, if you will. To use that man to be able to try to attack Jesus. What it does is it shows the depravity and the level of the hearts of these Pharisees that they have no compassion and no care whatsoever for this man other than to use him as a weapon. They don't care about his condition. They don't have compassion on him for what is going on. Here is this man who is lame, who is ill, who has come in to be able to worship, and they should be able to have compassion towards him, yet they have none. They care more about the fact of trying to um, twist things up, trying to make sure that they get Jesus on something than they do about the people that are there, which goes to the, the heart of what Jesus is going to be talking about. The idea that these priests are misunderstanding what it means to be shepherds. These people should shepherd their flock, and yet they don't care about their flock. The only thing they care is getting adoration from their flock. They want to make sure that the people laud them. They want to make sure that the people give them all these praises and everything. They don't care about the condition of their flock. We see this so many times over and over. I know that this Sunday I'll be preaching on a passage in the book of John. And I think what's so amazing is that the people themselves show in articulating certain things that the priest did not care about teaching them. The priest did not care about anything because the people were speaking out of both sides of their mouths. They had no idea what the real truth of the gospel was. Or the real truth of the Old Testament was, excuse me. And, and they were trying to articulate this and it showed that they had no idea what they were talking about. It showed that the, the priests were not doing their job. The Pharisees were not doing their job and leading the people well. The Pharisees only cared about making sure that the people noticed them. And so here's this man who is lame, who is ill, and they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, here's this man who is ill. What do you think? Do you think it's okay to heal this man today? And I want you to think about this. How horrible could this man have felt knowing that they didn't care about his healing at all? They didn't care about making sure that this man was... um, taken care of, nothing. They just cared about using this man. And what they're doing, if you want to say it this way, they're playing on Jesus' compassion. They know how much Jesus cares. They know how much Jesus loves his people. And they're playing off of that, and they're trying to make sure that, in essence, they're pitting Jesus and his compassion against the laws of the Sabbath. And so Jesus looks at him, and he replies with this statement. Who among you, if he had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't take hold of it and lift it out? A person is worth far more than a sheep. So it is lawful to do what is good on the Sabbath. So what Jesus is doing is he's going back and he's playing um, to the people. If you want to flip over to the book of Exodus or you want to write this down in the book of Exodus, it's Exodus chapter 23. And what we're going to look at is this, uh, this is what Jesus is going to be talking about. So look here in verses 4 through 5. In Exodus 23, 4 through 5, it says, If you come across your enemy's stray ox or donkey, you must return it to him. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you lying helpless under its load and you want to refrain from helping it, you must help it. So what Jesus is saying here is that according to the law, even your enemy, the person you don't care about, if you see their donkey lying under the load, you are to go help it. And what Jesus is saying here is, No one is going to leave a sheep stranded in a ditch, suffering, knowing they could help that, but showing no compassion, showing no mercy, and just leaving that sheep to suffer. He said, you're not going to do that with an animal. So how much more is a person of value? How much more is this man over here Who is lame, who is ill, that could be helped, that has this withered hand, that is disabled, how much more value is he than a sheep that you would try to pick up out of a ditch? And Jesus says, what you have to understand is you've got to do what is good, regardless of whether it's on the Sabbath or not. It's a matter of showing kindness, it's a matter of showing compassion. It's a matter of knowing that you have the ability to help someone and you choose to do it regardless of who it is or regardless of the situation. You're not going to pick and choose what you want to do. You're not going to sit down and say that I'm not going to help this person. I don't care about this person. You're going to find a way to help them if you have the means to do that. It goes back to... Very similar. Similarly, the story of the uh, the Good Samaritan. What Jesus is showing is you have the ability to help, but you choose not to. You have the ability to be able to do something about it, but yet what you're doing is you're finding a way to not do something about it, which is horrible. It's horrible to claim that you are a follower of Christ. It's horrible to say that you love God. And then yet what you're going to do is you're going to refrain from showing compassion and mercy on people who you can show compassion and mercy on. And part of where we're living at today in our society is really the antithesis of what Jesus is saying and really playing into what the Pharisees are saying. You know, we we live in this day and time now to where when it comes to enemies, we want to see our enemies get theirs rather than being able to try to show kindness and compassion and help. What we do is we want to make sure that we, we want to see people suffer. If we see that person struggling, even if we can help, we're not going to. Not the way we should. Not unless we feel super convicted about it. And what Jesus is saying is you've got to make sure that regardless of whether it's on the Sabbath or not, you've got to show kindness. you got to do good. But man, is it hard to do whenever you're looking at today's culture and today's society, even within the church. I mean, it truly is dog eat dog. So if you flip over to the book of Mark chapter 3, starting in verse 1, What I want us to do is I want us to look here at what Jesus was doing in this passage. It's the same story, but it's a little bit different of a perspective. So in verse 2 it says, In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with the shriveled hand, stand before us. Then he said to him, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save a life or kill? But they were silent. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts. So, in this passage, what you find is you find a little bit more about the emotion that's taken place here. That Jesus has already ministered to them concerning his disciples and eating the grain on the Sabbath. He's already told them that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. And what he sees is that they're coming in here and they have no... No heart whatsoever for this man with the shriveled hand. But that they're using him in order to try to catch Jesus up in front of everybody. And what Jesus in the book of Mark shows is that he has a holy anger about this. It's not that Jesus gets, you know, in in our phraseology, it's not that Jesus gets ticked off. It's that Jesus has a holy anger because what he realizes is that the damage that these Pharisees are doing with the Word, they're misrepresenting the Word. They're misrepresenting the law. The law is not to make sure that people are doing it so that way they can check off the boxes. The law is there to show people their need for a Savior, and the Savior was standing right there in front of them. But what they were doing is they were using the law as a weapon. They were trying to use the law to catch Jesus up so that way they could be able to try to find a way to shut Him up to be able to find a way to show that they were better than him. To be able to find a way to show that he was beneath them. Because again, when you go through and you look at what the Pharisees, what when Jesus would teach, it would the people would say, oh my gosh, we're so amazed at his teaching. Even in the Gospel of John, the Pharisees, when Jesus would teach, they looked at it and said, how in the world can this guy teach the way he's teaching when we know he's had no rabbinical training? They could not stand Jesus because what Jesus did, and it's not because that was his goal. His goal was to glorify the Father. But what happened, because Jesus was being obedient and glorifying the Father, just being around Jesus pointed out their flaws. It pointed out all of the things that they were doing wrong, and they couldn't stand it. They hated Jesus. Because what Jesus did was Jesus put this glaring light on the flaws of the Pharisees. And it killed them. Because what it done is it made them look like fools in front of all the people. These same people that they wanted to laud them for their obedience to the law. These same people that when these Pharisees would fast, that they would walk through the streets and they would suck in their cheeks so that way that the people would say, oh my goodness, look at how much he desires to get close to God. Look how much he's fasting, that he's lost so much weight. These same Pharisees, Jesus was pointing out, you know what, y'all are fake. All you are is a position. That's it. You're a position. And look what he said here in verse 13, going back to Matthew chapter 12, verse 13. He says, Then he told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was restored as good as the other. Jesus was not going to let this man suffer. Going back to the example that he had with the sheep. He was not going to allow this man to come to worship service, to worship God, knowing that God was in his presence and could heal him. Jesus wasn't going to look at this man and refuse that. Jesus was going to make sure that he healed this man. And look what happened. But the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might kill him. Again, we see that the true nature and heart and the hardness of the Pharisees. This is why in the book of Mark it says that Jesus became angry and it grieved his heart because of the hardness of their hearts. Instead of being able to sit down and rejoice, instead of being able to sit down and say, you know what, maybe we've gotten it wrong. Maybe, maybe we've been too hard on this guy. Maybe, just maybe the scriptures are right. Maybe this guy is the Messiah. I mean, look, here we are on the Sabbath, and this guy comes in and he heals this man with a withered hand. And instead of rejoicing at this man being healed, instead of celebrating that here's this man who had this withered hand, he's now healed, they get angry and they all storm out of the synagogue and they have their little, you know, holy roller meeting here of being able to say, okay, we got to kill this guy. we got to get rid of him. Having no care whatsoever to say, you know what, maybe we're wrong. See, that, that's one of the biggest problems that we have here with the Pharisees is that the Pharisees are the the quintessential religious person who instead of being able to let God's word minister to their heart and speak to their heart and convict their heart if need be, they use God's word as a weapon in order to attack other people. They can't admit they're wrong. They're not going to show any kind of humility whatsoever. What they want to do is they want to show that with their religion that they are right. And they're going to attack anybody who shows compassion, kindness, or mercy. And there's a lot of religious people in churches today that do exactly this. There's a lot of religious people in churches that are nothing but Pharisees. And what they want to do is they want to use God's Word to attack other people. They don't care about people getting saved. They don't care about church growth. They don't care about people getting closer to God. They care about their positions. And even when somebody does get saved, they have negative stuff to say about it. Even when the church is growing, even when somebody is being obedient to God, they have nothing but negative stuff to say. And they plot to kill rather than rejoicing in what God is doing. So I pray this has been an encouragement to you. I pray it's challenged you to be able to Look at your own life and say, God, how can I be used to minister to people? Even as as the law said, if your enemy's donkey has has kind of fell underneath the load, you're to help that enemy's donkey if you have the ability to do it. Ask God today, hey, how how can I be used to be able to minister to people, even if it is my enemy? I pray most of all, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior that you would understand that Jesus loved you enough to die on the cross for your sins, that He paid your sin debt. He rose from the dead. He ascended to the Father, and He's coming back to get those that belong to Him. And if you don't know Him as your personal Savior, I encourage you to contact me or contact somebody you know that is a follower of Christ and ask them, what does it mean to be saved and repent of your sins, and ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. If you can, take some time, be able to write a review on this podcast, be able to leave a rating on it and whatever platform you listen to to be able to help it get out there a little bit more. And I pray it's been an encouragement to you and challenged you. We look forward to getting back into the Word next week as we continue looking at the miracles of Jesus. I pray this finds you having a wonderful day in the Lord. And we look forward to getting in to this passage of Scripture. Uh, We're going to be looking at two passages. Um, We're going to be looking at the same story, but the one passage in Matthew and the one passage in Mark. Uh, Because I think that um, there's a few little intricacies that uh, are very important to point out. And what we're going to be looking at today is the story of the man with the withered hand. And um, I think it's a uh, beautiful picture of the care and compassion that Jesus has for us. Um, so we'll pick up in Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 9, if you have your Bibles and want to uh, turn there. Um, you can also go ahead and flip over to the book of Mark chapter 3. And we'll go over there in just a few minutes um, to be able to look at some things concerning um, that passage as well. But in um, verse 9, we're going to pick up with the statement, moving on from there, he entered their synagogue. Now, I want to read the beginning of chapter 12, because I think the context is important to be able to play into um, this passage. So at the beginning of chapter 12, it says, At that time, Jesus passed through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick and eat some heads of grain. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, See, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, Haven't you read what David did when he and those who were with him were hungry? How they entered the house of God and they ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for him or for those with him to eat, but only for the priest? Or haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple violate the Sabbath and are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you knew or if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now, the reason that's important to read in context of what we're getting ready to do is that, as you can maybe figure out, Jesus is getting ready to heal this man with the withered hand on the Sabbath. And so the Pharisees have already um, picked out uh, Jesus and his disciples for uh, committing this, uh, in their eyes, sin by eating the heads of grain um, on the Sabbath. And they kind of fire off at him, and Jesus responds very clearly that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. What he's also doing is he's making sure to help them to understand that they are so hung up on the law that really they are misinterpreting it, they are mishandling it. And what Jesus is wanting to show them is this is so much bigger than them. This is so much bigger than the law. He is so much bigger than what they understand. And so he's laying this out for them. And he has very clearly articulated that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, picking back up on verse 9, moving on from there. So moving on from this situation where he has already talked about um, the Sabbath and he's already talked about um, them and their misunderstanding and mishandling of the law, he enters the synagogue. There, he saw a man who had a shriveled hand. And in order to accuse him, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Now, there's a couple things that I think are so important here. I think it's disgraceful on the part of the Pharisees To find a man who is lame, who is ill, and try to use that man as a weapon, if you will. To use that man to be able to try to attack Jesus. What it does is it shows the depravity and the level of the hearts of these Pharisees that they have no compassion and no care whatsoever for this man other than to use him as a weapon. They don't care about his condition. They don't have compassion on him for what is going on. Here is this man who is lame, who is ill, who has come in to be able to worship, and they should be able to have compassion towards him, yet they have none. They care more about the fact of trying to Um, twist things up, trying to make sure that they get Jesus on something than they do about the people that are there, which goes to the, the heart of what Jesus is going to be talking about. The idea that these priests are misunderstanding what it means to be shepherds. These people should shepherd their flock, and yet they don't care about their flock. The only thing they care is getting adoration from their flock. They want to make sure that the people laud them. They want to make sure that the people give them all these praises and everything. They don't care about the condition of their flock. We see this so many times over and over. I know that this Sunday I'll be preaching on a passage in the book of John. And I think what's so amazing is that the people themselves show in articulating certain things that the priest did not care about teaching them. The priest did not care about anything because the people were speaking out of both sides of their mouths. They had no idea what the real truth of the gospel was or the real truth of the Old Testament was, excuse me. And, and they were trying to articulate this and it showed that they had no idea what they were talking about. It showed that the, the priests were not doing their job. The Pharisees were not doing their job and leading the people well. The Pharisees only cared about making sure that the people noticed them. And so here's this man who is lame, who is ill, and they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, here's this man who is ill. What do you think? Do you think it's okay to heal this man today? And I want you to think about this. How horrible could this man have felt knowing that they didn't care about his healing at all? They didn't care about making sure that this man was... um, taken care of nothing they just cared about using this man and what they're doing if you want to say it this way they're playing on jesus's compassion they know how much jesus cares they know how much jesus loves his people and they're playing off of that and they're trying to make sure that in essence they're pitting jesus and his compassion against the laws of the sabbath And so Jesus looks at him, and he replies with this statement. Who among you, if he had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't take hold of it and lift it out? A person is worth far more than a sheep. So it is lawful to do what is good on the Sabbath. So what Jesus is doing is he's going back and he's playing um, to the people. If you want to flip over to the book of Exodus or you want to write this down in the book of Exodus, it's Exodus chapter 23. And what we're going to look at is this, uh, this is what Jesus is going to be talking about. So look here in verses 4 through 5. In Exodus 23, 4 through 5, it says, If you come across your enemy's stray ox or donkey, you must return it to him. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you lying helpless under its load and you want to refrain from helping it, you must help it. So what Jesus is saying here is that according to the law, even your enemy, the person you don't care about, if you see their donkey lying under the load, you are to go help it. And what Jesus is saying here is, No one is going to leave a sheep stranded in a ditch. Suffering, knowing they could help that, but showing no compassion, showing no mercy, and just leaving that sheep to suffer. He said, you're not going to do that with an animal. So how much more is a person of value? How much more is this man over here? Who is lame, who is ill, that could be helped, that has this withered hand, that is disabled, how much more value is he than a sheep that you would try to pick up out of a ditch? And Jesus says, what you have to understand is you've got to do what is good, regardless of whether it's on the Sabbath or not. It's a matter of showing kindness, it's a matter of showing compassion. It's a matter of knowing that you have the ability to help someone and you choose to do it regardless of who it is or regardless of the situation. You're not going to pick and choose what you want to do. You're not going to sit down and say that I'm not going to help this person. I don't care about this person. You're going to find a way to help them if you have the means to do that. It goes back to... Very similarly, the story of the, uh, the Good Samaritan. What Jesus is showing is you have the ability to help, but you choose not to. You have the ability to be able to do something about it, but yet what you're doing is you're finding a way to not do something about it, which is horrible. It's horrible to claim that you are a follower of Christ. It's horrible to say that you love God. And then yet what you're going to do is you're going to refrain from showing compassion and mercy on people who you can show compassion and mercy on. And part of where we're living at today in our society is really the antithesis of what Jesus is saying and really playing into what the Pharisees are saying. You know, we we live in this day and time now to where when it comes to enemies, we want to see our enemies get theirs rather than being able to try to show kindness and compassion and help. What we do is we want to make sure that we, we want to see people suffer. If we see that person struggling, even if we can help, we're not going to. Not the way we should. Not unless we feel super convicted about it. And what Jesus is saying is you've got to make sure that regardless of whether it's on the Sabbath or not, you've got to show kindness. You've got to do good. But man, is it hard to do whenever you're looking at today's culture and today's society, even within the church. I mean, it truly is dog-eat-dog. Dog. So if you flip over to the book of Mark, chapter 3, starting in verse 1, What I want us to do is I want us to look here at what Jesus was doing in this passage. It's the same story, but it's a little bit different of a perspective. So in verse 2 it says, In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with the shriveled hand, stand before us. Then he said to him, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save a life or kill? but they were silent after looking around at them with anger he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts so in this passage what you find is you find a little bit more about the emotion that's taking place here that Jesus has already ministered to them concerning his disciples and eating the grain on the sabbath He's already told them that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. And what he sees is that they're coming in here and they have no, no heart whatsoever for this man with a shriveled hand. But that they're using him in order to try to catch Jesus up in front of everybody. And what Jesus in the book of Mark shows is that he has a holy anger about this. It's not that Jesus gets, you know, in in our phraseology, it's not that Jesus gets ticked off. It's that Jesus has a holy anger because what he realizes is that the damage that these Pharisees are doing with the Word, they're misrepresenting the Word. They're misrepresenting the law. The law is not to make sure that people are doing it so that way they can check off the boxes. The law is there to show people their need for a Savior, and the Savior was standing right there in front of them. But what they were doing is they were using the law as a weapon. They were trying to use the law to catch Jesus up so that way they could be able to try to find a way to shut Him up to be able to find a way to show that they were better than him. To be able to find a way to show that he was beneath them. Because again, when you go through and you look at what the Pharisees, what when Jesus would teach, it would the people would say, oh my gosh, we're so amazed at his teaching. Even in the Gospel of John, the Pharisees, when Jesus would teach, they looked at it and said, how in the world can this guy teach the way he's teaching when we know he's had no rabbinical training? They could not stand Jesus because what Jesus did, and it's not because that was his goal. His goal was to glorify the Father. But what happened, because Jesus was being obedient and glorifying the Father, just being around Jesus pointed out their flaws. It pointed out all of the things that they were doing wrong, and they couldn't stand it. They hated Jesus. Because what Jesus did was Jesus put this glaring light on the flaws of the Pharisees. And it killed them. Because what it done is it made them look like fools in front of all the people. These same people that they wanted to laud them for their obedience to the law. These same people that when these Pharisees would fast, that they would walk through the streets and they would suck in their cheeks so that way that the people would say, oh my goodness, look at how much he desires to get close to God. Look how much he's fasting, that he's lost so much weight. These same Pharisees, Jesus was pointing out, you know what, y'all are fake. All you are is a position. That's it. You're a position. And look what he said here in verse 13, going back to Matthew chapter 12, verse 13, he says, Then he told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was restored as good as the other. Jesus was not going to let this man suffer. Going back to the example that he had with the sheep. He was not going to allow this man to come to worship service, to worship God, knowing that God was in his presence and could heal him. Jesus wasn't going to look at this man and refuse that. Jesus was going to make sure that he healed this man. And look what happened. But the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might kill him. Again, we see that the true nature and heart and the hardness of the Pharisees. This is why in the book of Mark it says that Jesus became angry and it grieved his heart because of the hardness of their hearts. Instead of being able to sit down and rejoice, instead of being able to sit down and say, you know what, maybe we've gotten it wrong. Maybe, maybe we've been too hard on this guy. Maybe, just maybe the scriptures are right. Maybe this guy is the Messiah. I mean, look, here we are on the Sabbath, and this guy comes in and he heals this man with a withered hand. And instead of rejoicing at this man being healed, instead of celebrating that here's this man who had this withered hand, he's now healed, they get angry and they all storm out of the synagogue and they have their little, you know, holy roller meeting here of being able to say, okay, we got to kill this guy. we got to get rid of him. Having no care whatsoever to say, you know what, maybe we're wrong. See, that's one of the biggest problems that we have here with the Pharisees is that the Pharisees are the the quintessential religious person who instead of being able to let God's word minister to their heart and speak to their heart and convict their heart if need be they use God's word as a weapon in order to attack other people they can't admit they're wrong they're not going to show any kind of humility whatsoever what they want to do is they want to show that with their religion that they are right And they're going to attack anybody who shows compassion, kindness, or mercy. And there's a lot of religious people in churches today that do exactly this. There's a lot of religious people in churches that are nothing but Pharisees. And what they want to do is they want to use God's word to attack other people. They don't care about people getting saved, they don't care about church growth, they don't care about people getting closer to God, they care about their positions. And even when somebody does get saved, they have negative stuff to say about it. Even when the church is growing, even when somebody is being obedient to God, they have nothing but negative stuff to say. And they plot to kill rather than rejoicing in what God is doing. So I pray this has been an encouragement to you. I pray it's challenged you to be able to Look at your own life and say, God, how can I be used to minister to people? Even as as the law said, if your enemy's donkey has has kind of fell underneath the load, you're to help that enemy's donkey if you have the ability to do it. Ask God today, hey, how how can I be used to be able to minister to people, even if it is my enemy? I pray most of all, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior that you would understand that Jesus loved you enough to die on the cross for your sins, that He paid your sin debt. He rose from the dead. He ascended to the Father, and He's coming back to get those that belong to Him. And if you don't know Him as your personal Savior, I encourage you to contact me or contact somebody you know that is a follower of Christ and ask them, what does it mean to be saved and repent of your sins, and ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. If you can, take some time, be able to write a review On this podcast, be able to leave a rating on it and whatever platform you listen to to be able to help it get out there a little bit more. And I pray it's been an encouragement to you and challenged you. We look forward to getting back into the word next week as we continue looking at the miracles of Jesus.